morning, everybody. Thank you for that warm welcome. It's good to see you. Everybody drive safe and uh, have a chilly drive in this morning. It was a little, a little brisk when we woke up, uh, but I'll tell you what, it is so good to see you. It's good to see every one of you. Uh, we've got a great, great uh, service for you this morning. We're still in our series on purpose. Uh, last week, I was preaching on knowing God's will uh, for your life. So the week before, Pastor Keith was talking about knowing God, and uh, we wanted to break that out a little bit and just uh, talk through that a little bit longer just because um, there's, there's a lot that goes into that, and uh, we want to give as many tools as possible to understanding what truly knowing Him looks like. Um, this week, we're going to be uh, talking about finding freedom. And if you haven't figured it out yet, uh, what we're doing is we're actually walking through our growth track. So spoiler alert, uh, you're like, oh. I'm not gonna listen now. Well, it's okay. Uh, the truth is it's good for you. It's good for all of us actually to walk through this. Uh, we're gonna be talking through finding freedom specifically this morning and uh, there's two more sessions after that. Uh, but we're gonna break that out a little bit as well just so that we can get a really good understanding of what God is trying to show us. So this week, uh, let's, get, let's get ready. Um, if you can, turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. I'm going to talk through a couple other things before we get there, but I want you to get ready. If you have your paper book things that we never use anymore, or if you have your technology in front of you, whatever you want to use, go ahead and pull that out. We're going to talk here in just a minute about that. Um, I want to say this first. Psalms 93, 90, 92, verse 13 says something. I, I love this scripture. It, it paints out some things for us that I think are exceptional truths, things that we can really adhere to, things that we can hold to. And it's kind of the thought behind where we're coming from this morning. It says, those who are planted, those who are planted, can you all say planted with me? Planted. Thank you, two of you. Let's try that one more time. Planted. Can you say that? Planted. There we go. That's much better. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. So two things here. Where you're planted is where you flourish, right? So there, there's something really big about this idea. There's something really uh, conceptual. It, it's the truth that, you know, the environment, we hear that, that phrase all the time, that you're a product of your environment. And I'm kind of pulling towards that biblically here this morning, is that where your environment is, is where you're going to thrive, is where you're going to flourish. And so if, if you're planted well, if you're planted in a great environment, Flourishing is a part of that process. Flourishing is what happens, and we want that for your life. We're, we're in this series called On Purpose. The whole idea behind this is that we don't leave and, and lead mediocre lives. We have a pointed perspective of what God's asked us to do, what God is calling us to, and we go at it together as a community of believers with everything. How's that sound? Sound fun? I think it sounds awesome. Uh, so we want a life that doesn't just survive, but a life that flourishes. How many want a life that flourishes this morning? Yeah, that's great. The truth is you have to be in the right environment to have the other side of that equation. You have to be in the right place to have the flourishment. There's this, we're going to put this up on the screen. There's this place called Death Valley. It's, uh, it's here in North America. It does not rain here. It is the hottest, the driest place in North America. There's nothing the reason it's called Death Valley is because nothing lives here. It's, it's completely barren. You can see that right there. Uh, it's just a desert, basically. Well, in 2004, this supernatural phenomenon happened where it actually rained seven inches in a very, very small window of time, just a ton of rain, 
ton of rain for this area. If you go down to like the south, that's not at all any, any bit of rain. But here, that's a ton of rain. So they get all this rain. And if we, if we could show the next slide here, this is what happened in the spring right after that. And so, you know, I was thinking about that, thinking about this psalm and thinking about this, this desert, this wasteland. And the truth is there was seed there. And, and how real, how obvious is that for our lives too sometimes is that God has seed planted in you and yet sometimes it's dormant and it's just because it's not been put in the right environment to thrive, to flourish because the truth is that is what God wants. It's always what he wants. He wants a life that's blooming, thriving and flourishing. He wants that for your life and he wants that for my life, amen? It had always had seeds of potential this desert. It had always had seeds of potential, but it needed the right environment for life to happen. I found that, you know, people ask me this question, like, well, how do I have a life like this? Like, what, what would that look like? And it's not necessarily a, a case of, like, do I believe that it's possible? Most people truly believe that having a life that is flourishing is possible, where most people struggle, that is from what I've seen and what I've found, is they struggle on how. How do I have a life that's flourishing? How do I have a life that, that takes this concept of being planted, being put in the right environment, and then given this, this flourishing trek? And I, I think we can learn something today. It's actually the whole idea behind Growth Track is to get people to flourish, is to get people to live their fullest potential out in Jesus. Psalms, you don't have this on the screen, but I'm just gonna read this to you. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. You make known to me the path of life. So clearly there is a path to this life way that we're talking about. There is a somewhat of a system. There is somewhat of a pathway. And I wanna share that with you this morning because there's nothing more frustrating than believing that something's tangible and possible, but having no clue how to get there. Is that just me or is that you this morning? Like, we wanna know how, how this is executed, how we can actually get from point A to point B to point C and all the way through the alphabet. I am not gonna tell you the alphabet this morning. If you want me to, we'll do that after service, okay? The pathway to flourishing. You make known to me the path of life. There are four steps for your life that I could show you 14 different spots in the Bible, both Old and New Testament, I could show you 14 different areas where these four concepts are actually in God's word. There's 14 places. So to me, that's way too many for it to be just this rogue path. It's kind of like the path that God wants us to be on so that we can flourish. It's the environment that we're talking about this morning. And this is growth track. Know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Those are the four things that we see 14 different times in scripture. And this morning, we're gonna, we're gonna pull out just one of, these, one of these 14 places. We're gonna talk about Ephesians. This is the, the church of Ephesus that Paul's writing to. And chapter one, verse 16, I love, I love what Paul starts with. It's this, this super deep, this super thoughtful prayer and praise towards this group of people. Let's just go ahead and read that. Verse 16, chapter one. Paul says, I have not stopped giving thanks to you remembering you in my prayers. You know, as Keith and I have, have talked about this, this series and this service, um, that's something that we have constantly and consistently been doing because we're, we're recognizing that this truly is the pathway for believers, for the pathway for people to be flourishing in their life. And so we're starting off the same way that Paul is starting off here. 
We're starting off with an unbelievable amount of prayer for you, for this church, for this, for this area, for this nation, for our world. We're praying that people get a sense of what this looks like. And we're also praising through this uh, about you. Like when Keith and I talk about our church, we do not talk about it in a gossip fashion. We're constantly saying, wow, did you see what so-and-so did this week? Have you seen the growth in this person's life? Did you get to see how we all rallied together for this, for this last um, outreach that we did, which was October 31st, by the way? We're constantly just thankful. We're thankful for you, thankful for you being here this morning, but thankful that you're a part of what this church stands for and where we're going. We've got an incredible, incredible vision to reach the lost here at this church. It's Denver, the West, and the world. Our values, our prayers, the work, people are the mission, and praise is our response. And that's, that's how we're getting to what God's called us to do. So we're gonna continue in uh, verse 17, and we're, we're gonna overview kind of all of growth track today, but knowing God, which is what we just talked about for the last two weeks, that's gonna be this first part. Ephesians 1:17 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So what Paul is saying here is he wants us to have something. He wants us to receive something, to see something, to, to have something that maybe we haven't seen or had before. What is that? So that you may know him better. Interesting. So that you may know him better. That word know is the Greek word gnosko. And you're, you're hearing that word maybe for the first time and it's just like, whatever, it's a normal word. But had the people who had been reading this for the first time or hearing this for the first time back in this day, they would have been like, <gasps> they would have gasped because this word is, a, is more than just like, hey, I know that person. It's, it's the same type of no as when Adam knew his wife Eve and they had kids. So it's not necessarily sexual, but it's very intimate. Does that make sense? It's very intimate. It's a very intimate word. The word gnosko means I know this person, this individual, this God relationally. I, it's not just head knowledge. And I, I think that's where we, we go wrong with this concept of knowing God so many times is we, we think it's, oh, I, I know about him. Can I tell you my personal life? Uh, when I was younger, I have known about God for many, many years. It was when I was in college that I finally knew him, where I gnosko with the Lord. I finally became in a relationship. And that's, we, we don't teach that here at the Living Stone. We don't teach that, that salvation or, or, or having, having anything to do with God is just by head knowledge. We, we mainly talk about having a relationship with him. That's the kind of God we have. He's not this far away. When we talk to unbelievers, people who don't know God, people who are far from God, that's always where they go with this system is they, they say, well, God's just so far away. Like, I, I can't see him tangibly right now. Like he, he's, not, he's not close to me. But the truth is we can have that relationship with him. We want to have that relationship with him. Think about it this way. You may, you may know your sports team, like whoever that is. It may be the Broncos. I doubt it because they're terrible right now. But regardless, whoever your sports team is, you may know them. But do you know them? Like, have you met them? Have you actually had conversation with them? Have you had relationship with them where it's like, hey, I'm friends with you. I, I know you. I, I'm, I'm spending equal time with you. That's what we're talking about in knowing God. Head, 
head knowledge is more religious. The heart is what God is looking for. He wants this and he wants all of it. He wants us to have that type of deep relationship with him. I love what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 21. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. I remember when I read that for the first time, I was like, huh, well, that's a problem because that's kind of how I've lived my life. You know, this, this, this phrase, Lord, Lord, the, the concept behind why that's doubled is because it's a friendship. It's, it's somebody saying, hey, I actually, Gnosko, I know you this way, when the truth is, that's not what Jesus is seeing. That's not what he's actually saying here is, is you don't know me that way. And so I, when I grew up in church, I, I grew up under this, um, my, my dad is actually the one who helped me see that it's not just head knowledge. It's not just coming to church and, and filling a seat every week that, that grants you access to heaven or to the kingdom. That's not how this game is played in any way. It's completely relational, which is a good thing. It's a better thing. We're, we're not robotic. We're not systematized to be doing X, Y, and Z so that we can get to heaven. It's more of a relationship concept. And that's why we wanna know God that way. And I remember as a kid growing up through, you know, I, I knew the Bible very well. I grew up in church. And, and so I read this when I was in college. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna know God for me. I'm gonna figure this out. I'm not gonna listen to X, Y, and Z. I'm just gonna deal with God on my own. And I read this scripture and I was like, huh, that's kind of an issue because that's what I've been doing. I've been saying, Lord, Lord, I, like I know you. I've been calling your name as though I'm yours, but I'd never talk to you. I, I never spend any time with you. I never devote myself in any way to you, in fact. Yeah, I show up on Sunday and I, I do the, the, the normal routine. But the truth is, I'm far from you. We read right after that, Jesus says, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And he says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, again, my friend, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Same word, by the way, gnosko. I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. So again, I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, another problem. These are people who are doing incredible things. They're, they're, they're active. They're, they're, they're casting out demons for crying out loud in the name of Jesus. And yet Jesus stands there and he's like, but I don't know you. I've really never met you. And I, I remember going through that when I, when I actually knew, became to know the Lord. I was like, I have to change something because clearly it's not about my works. It's not about what I even do. It's purely relationship with him. And the truth is that's way more fun than performing and trying to do all this stuff. So when we're talking about knowing God, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a deep-seated relationship, and part of that is knowing his will for your life like we talked about last week. If you weren't here, you could go online and uh, listen to all these sermons before so that you have a really good context and perspective of what we're talking about. The next one that we're gonna be talking through is finding freedom. That's gonna be kind of what we, what we settle on today. We're gonna do an overview of the whole growth track, but finding freedom is this next step. Ephesians 2.18 says this. He says, this is a continuation of what Paul's talking through. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Now, some of your translations, if you have different translations, it says the eyes of your understanding. And, and so, you know, I was reading through this and I was like, well, Paul, you kind of have a, you clearly need to take an anatomy class because your eyes aren't down here. Your eyes are up here. And then I was like, okay, Lord, reveal something to me. And the Lord's like, you're wrong. 
your eyes are up here, but there's greater eyes that live in here. And, and here's where I'm coming from with this. Everyone in this room right now is seeing and hearing the exact same word this morning. You're seeing and, and hearing the exact same experience, yet you're not. Everyone in this place is seeing and hearing differently because of your heart and because of your past experiences. The things that you have lived through change how you see life today. Does that make sense? And so everyone, maybe, maybe the exact same thing, and yet it's so different. It's so different. Maybe this morning to get, and that, that's, that's the concept behind this, is finding freedom. It, it's this enlightenment of our heart. It's this transformation of our heart. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe some of us this morning are saying, I need healing. I need deliverance. I need, I need some things fixed. I need to deal with my yesterdays. And that's this whole concept of finding freedom is, is going through that with the Lord. It's a process. Knowing God, you, look, you won't find freedom until you know God. True freedom is in his truth. It's in knowing who he is and the good things that he has planned for you and I. Somebody better say amen or I'm gonna preach like two hours this morning. I'm just gonna say, it. I'm not gonna do that. Some of you are like, oh my gosh. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. Have you taken the step? Maybe that's this year for you where you're like, I, I, I do know God, I have a relationship with him, but you've never dealt with some of these things. Maybe this is that year for you where you're gonna say, hey, this addiction is no longer going to be my ruler. You can't serve two masters. So if you're gonna know God and, and have him as Lord over your life, you can't have this other thing settled in your life that, that's just constantly there, constantly dealing with you. And when I say this, everyone in this room knows exactly what I'm talking about because everyone in this room, including me, has something, has something in the closet has something that they're dealing with. And without knowing God, that will never be dealt with. Maybe it's the step this year or this, this next coming season of, I'm not gonna be labeled by what I do. I'm gonna choose to be labeled by who I am in Christ. We, we, we go through this in this finding freedom type deal where we're dealing with our past, our problems, our pain, and people. The four of those are normally the reason behind everything that we have, any type of addiction, any type of struggle, anything that is compounding us and bringing us into sin and shame. By the way, sin and shame are not something that are of the kingdom, so we clearly need to deal with that. Let's continue to verse 18 of what we're going through in Ephesians. This is where we discover our purpose, discover why God made you, discover what he made you for. In order, Paul says this, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Let me, let me help us real quick with, with some type of understanding here. When you see calling in scripture, it is always, always associated with hope. Why is that important? Because unless you know what you're called to, you're not gonna have hope. Calling doesn't come from your circumstances and hope doesn't come from your circumstances. They both come from the Lord and both of them are important in finding who we are in Christ. So when we know what we're called to, hope begins to be a bigger deal in our life. Think about that for how true that is for you. When you know the things that you are set in, the things that God has created you for, whatever that may be, I'm, I'm just thinking through a lot of people in our church, and I talked about this last week, you could be a doctor. You could be, you could be anything. What, are, what has God made you for? When you find that, when you discover what that is for your life, 
Hope abounds unbelievably. Like, like it's unnumerically challenged in that area. You cannot actually put a quantifiable thing on that. God has given you a purpose. God has created you for a reason. I, I, I think about this statistic. I hate this statistic, but it is so true. This recent survey that just went out where it says that nine out of 10 Christians have no idea what their calling is. Nine out of 10 Christians have no idea what their calling is. And, and I, I think about that with, you, we're the body of Christ, right? And I think about that on our own human anatomy, or, uh, anatomy and our humanness. And the, the thought behind that is so wild to me because what if nine out of 10 body parts on my body just didn't know what they were for? One, I probably wouldn't be alive. Two, I wouldn't be able to walk. I wouldn't be able to see. I wouldn't be able to do anything. I'm immobilized. And yet we, we look at the capital C church and we, we just say, man, there's so many problems. Well, yeah. <laughs> look, I've never been into a perfect church. Let me state that right off the bat, including this one. And I think part of the thing is we need to really rally our people, rally the people around our area to know their design and know what God has made them for so that they have a hope and that they can be a part of doing something incredible with the body of Christ. What would church look like if we knew our body part as the body of Christ? What, what, what would the body of Christ look like if it was functioning, if it was actually doing the thing that God called it to do? Romans 12 verse six says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouragement, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is a handful of purposes here. This is a handful of things that God has wired people with. And not everybody has the same one. Some people have multiple. Some people just have a really good number one on that. And it's okay. But when you tap into that, when you figure out what God, when you discover your purpose, look out. You're unstoppable. And God has created you with those seeds. You just gotta get into the right environment for them to flourish. I say this a lot, but the two most important days in your life were the day that you were born and the day that you figured out why you were born, what you were made for, what God's created you to do on this planet. And it's more than just the, 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 the how, like, like the, the doctor concept or, or being a locomotive engineer. Those are, those are opportunities to do what God has really called this body to do, to serve, to prophesy, to teach, to encourage, and so on. I was reading this article of uh, this Greyhound track that's down in the south, and, and I found this so spectacular and, and amazing to bring this into like how it affects the body of Christ. So there's these, these, these really fast dogs, greyhounds, and they're on this track and they're running. And the reason that they do this is because they, <laughs> they put this rabbit, it's a, it's a fake rabbit, nobody killed anybody, don't worry about it. But they put this fake rabbit on this little wire and what it does is it goes around this little inner circle track and these dogs, they chase it. They're chasing after something. That's so incredible. They're chasing after something. And so... They're running at light speed and this one particular track, something malfunctioned <laughs> and the, the rabbit basically exploded. The fur just went everywhere and wires are all over the place. And what happened was really interesting. The dogs 
Some of them were just like, okay, I'm gonna lay down. I'm just gonna lay down right here. Some of them just went right through the track and actually hurt themselves. They broke a ton of ribs because they went through the track because they didn't know what to do. The rest of them, the rest of the dogs sat on the track looking up at all the people that they never noticed before. And all of a sudden they're looking at all these people in the stand and they just start barking at them, you know, barking at all these people. And I was like, wow, what an incredible viewpoint of the church. When we're not chasing the thing that God has destined us for, we end up laying down, doing nothing. We end up hurting ourselves and hurting others. Or we end up barking at everybody because they're not doing it the way we think they should. How insane is that? That's exactly how we act when we don't know what God has created us for. This next one, this is the fourth one. This is making a difference. Ephesians 1.18. Continuing on from what we just talked through. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. You ask, what is my inheritance? What is my inheritance? It's people. Psalms 2.8 says, ask me and I will give you the nations, your inheritance, the ends of the earth, your possession. Look, when, we, when we're done here on this life, when we're in heaven, it's gonna be pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie, it's gonna be awesome. But the best thing that you're gonna have there is not gold, is not a boat, is not things. It's gonna be the people that you've led into the kingdom that you get to go have even more relationship with and say, I'm so glad we get to spend eternity like this together. That's the inheritance. So making a difference is that. And there's ways to do that. There's there's a lot of ways to make a difference. God doesn't want us just to come here and feel good every single week in this place, though we hope that you do. We hope that you walk out of this place every week feeling encouraged, like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. There is hope. There's a way. But that's just not where it stops. He wants to use us collectively to go and make a difference in Denver, the West, and the world. The happiest people that I know are not incredibly rich. They don't have a lot of things. The happiest people that I know are the people who are laying their head down every night saying, yeah, I did something for somebody today. I made a difference. I I affected change. That's where true joy comes from. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which is which God prepared in advance for us to do. Look, when you discover your purpose, the whole point behind that purpose is to do the good works that the Lord has set out from the beginning of time for you to do and I. We have incredible numbers not just in this church body, but in the capital C church. And if we could ever get a concept of this and really rally behind it, do you realize what we could accomplish in just the next 10 years alone? Like, here's a crazy statistic for you. We technically have all the resources for Matthew 28, the end of that chapter, to actually happen, the Great Commission, to go reach the nations and disciple them, teaching them to obey in all his ways. We have all of the resources to do that right now. I think the problem is, is some of us haven't been able to make a difference because we didn't know our purpose 
because we didn't find freedom simply because we haven't known who God really is. So today we're talking really about finding freedom. And the question is, how do I take the step of freedom? How do I take the step of finding freedom? I wanna, I wanna say this. Free people tell people that they're free. Like, like when, you are, when you are rescued from something that has completely enslaved you, you don't keep that to yourself. You talk about it. And you talk about it a lot because you know what you came from. You know what depravity looks like. You know what hardship looks like. And so when, when God pulls you out of that, when God pulls people away from that, it's something we actually speak of. It's something we get excited about. It's something that we talk about. Here's the step to finding freedom. And I believe this with all of my heart. I'm not just saying this because we want more numbers in certain categories of our church. I, look, I, Pastor Keith and I could care less about that. What we care about is, is you flourishing in your life, is being put in the right environment. And the right environment is to be set inside of a small group. Hear me, be set inside of a small group. That is the best environment for you to flourish, for you to find freedom. If you wanna flourish, get into a small group. Plant yourself in the right environment to thrive and grow. Here's why, James 5 verse 16 says this, therefore confess your sins to each other. Look, it doesn't say confess your sins to God, though we need to do that. It says this, this is how we find freedom. The concept is confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This is why we have small groups. Look, we don't just think about like, hey, what's another thing we could just do with church people? <laughs> like, that's not the goal here. The goal is for you to flourish. The goal is for you to be effective in your life, to have a flourishing, thriving life. And we know that the way to do that is to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. I've heard it said this way, God releases forgiveness and God uses his people to release healing. I love that. I, guys, I can't tell you how many stories just this year alone. We, we just launched small groups back in August and already we are seeing this exact same thing happen. People are coming and they're building relationship with other people. They're coming and they're starting to talk with other people and, and confessing things. Look. Living Stone is not a church where we want people to come in perfect and gather more perfect people. That's not the goal here. We are broken people. We are people who are in desperate need of a savior just like everybody else. We need fixing. And what we want is just like what we want for ourselves. We want broken people to be fixed by the perfect person who is Jesus. That's how that works. We're, we're not looking to bring more perfect people in. And that's not the culture we have set here in, at the Living Stone. We, 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 look, I'm a sinner. <laughs> there is no pastor on earth that is not a sinner. We make mistakes. Just Google it right now. You'll find just in the last couple of weeks, there's a couple big ticket pastors, really famous pastors that have made some pretty big moral failures. It happens. You wanna know how we have freedom from that? is we get into a close group of people where we share our lives with them. We say, look, I'm going through this. And I said this at the beginning of this service, there's not one of us in this room that don't have something in the closet. There's not one of us in this room that are dealing with something deep that we know is, is there. And, and, and here's what's crazy. 
If you're the one who, if you're the only one who knows your secret, you're in trouble. If I'm the only one who knows my secret, I'm in trouble. You'll always stay as sick as your secrets. So getting into a small group has a lot more than just being a number or being a body inside of another thing for the church to create. It's 100% designed for you and for you to thrive in an environment that is created for you to flourish. Groups are not many church services. They are places for people to connect and live in freedom and healing. Look, we have a ton of testimonies. I, I can't wait to get these on video of people who have just been praying for each other in their small group. We, in, in the small group that I'm a part of, we've seen incredible things happen. People being healed and, and not just being healing. In the moment, there's comfort for things that you're going through. Look, you're not meant to do this life alone. And there's believers all around you. I wanna close this out this morning with, I wanna start this with, with knowing God. Look, you may have come in here this morning and you may have said the same thing that we just read in Matthew 17, where Jesus said, there's gonna be a lot that come to me and say, Lord, Lord, maybe you've done a lot. Maybe you've, you've been on a setup team, a teardown team. Maybe you've been doing, doing things for a long time, but can you sit there and say, I know, I gnosko, I have a deep relationship with God this morning. And I want you to know, Wherever you land on that, it is 100% okay. There's no judgment here in any way. We just wanna give you an opportunity, a simple opportunity to start that relationship. And it starts like this. Let's bow our heads real quick. I just wanna lead us in a prayer. It starts like this. God, I wanna know you. I do believe in you. And I wanna have a relationship with you. I'm a sinner, I've made, I've made incredible mistakes and God, I need deliverance for those sins. I need, I need you to redeem the things in my life that I have done. And you are a big enough God to do that. And I trust in that, I believe in that this morning. Help me to know you better. Lord, lead me down this pathway that you have that is full of joy, full of honor, full of love. I wanna know you in these ways. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If that was you this morning, look, we're not gonna we're not gonna take you into some back room and be like, we're gonna talk about everything in your life. We're not gonna be weird like that. What what we just like to ask of you is, is after service, please come see me. I've got a gift for you. I love to just talk through some simple things of like here here's some next steps for you. Just really simple stuff. Um, if that's you, please see me after church. We're we're very excited for that in your life. We thank God. This is what we pray for every single week is that people know Him. Secondly. If you're, if you're going through this, if, you, if when you heard me say there's something secret in your life, if you tapped into that in that moment, that's, that's not me saying that. I believe that's the Holy Spirit really tugging on something in your life. And that's a good thing. That means God doesn't want to leave you where you're at. He wants to take you from glory to glory to glory to make you better and more and more like Him. And so if that's you this morning, please get into a small group. Go online, thelivingstone.church. Find a small group, get plugged in begin having relationship, deep relationship where you can begin saying, hey, this is what I'm going through. I need prayer. I need to be healed from this. It's absolutely okay. There's nothing, there's no shame. In fact, we tend to think this. We tend to think that when we open ourselves up like that, that people are gonna be like, oh, you're so bad. You can't be here anymore. Guess what? It's the total opposite. It doesn't matter where you're at, no matter what you do. If you're a pastor, if you're a teacher, it does not matter. The more open and honest we become, the more people are like, oh man, I'm so glad you said it. I'm going through that too. Let's pray for each other. 
And that's the type of church we have here. I'm so thankful for that, aren't you? Let's pray this morning and we're, we're just gonna let the Lord do some stuff in our life as we worship. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for this pathway. God, this pathway to knowing you, finding freedom, discovering what you made us for so that we can make a difference for you and your kingdom. I just got done saying this in our, in our meeting this morning as we were about to go serve with our serve teams and, and do all these incredible things with our, our children's church ministries. It is such an incredible opportunity to do what we do here on Sunday morning. And God, it is because you have pushed our people, you've pushed me, you've pushed other people not to just stay stagnant in our seats and do absolutely nothing for your kingdom, but we wanna make a difference because we have discovered who you have created us to be, God. We have found deliverance, we have found freedom in the things that we struggle with because we have people in our life that we can communicate to, talk to, and ask for prayer. And God, above all, the thing that stems through every part of this is that we know you, we know you deeply, we know you intimately, God, we are learning to trust in everything you do and say. And so God, with those thoughts, I pray that every person here this morning, even though they've heard a different sermon, yet it was the same sermon, I pray that they leave this place, that they worship in this place, being healed in that enlightenment. God, that they are, they are being transformed right now in their heart, that you are creating something new in their life, that, that they know that there is a trajectory, that there is a pathway, they just need to be put in the right environment. God, that is this morning. That is this opportunity. I pray that everybody receives that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Would you stand with me?